dirt road in a gooseneck saddle up with me dry land in god's country crops far as i can see headlights on both ends of my day this country Welcome, folks, to HPJ Talk, the podcast from High Plains Journal, bringing the ag news and commentary of the week to you. I'm Associate Editor Jennifer Amlatsky, and I'm joined by my colleague, Associate Editor Kayleen Scott. Hey, Kayleen. Hey, Jenny. So, it has been a, a newsy week around the homestead. We saw that um, we have a trade deal with Japan. Yeah. Um, that sounds pretty interesting, pretty good. You, you uh, picked up that story, right? Yeah, I cobbled together what came across the email, so. Um, I think this will be good. It it sounds like there's some good wins for beef and for wheat and a few other commodities in there. So um, at least we have something that's signed and uh, we have some movement on some trade. Yeah, it's headed headed in the right direction, hopefully. Yep, yep. Um, what else has been going on in your world? <laughs> besides the the broken car and every other thing that's always uh, a story of my life you know the adulting thing is just highly overrated completely yeah i am um, i don't know what to tell you about that car <laughs> huh <laughs> if anybody wants a 2013 dodge durango i know where you can find one <laughs> just needs a little work no it's had work done on it it <laughs> It needs to find a new zip code, I believe. I'm kind of with you there. Um, they usually have that that point in their lifetime where they just need to go moseying on down the road and be somebody's school car. And it ticked over 100,000 miles at lunchtime today, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. That's when the nickel and dimes start falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Don't speak too loudly because my little silver Chevy Captiva is um, right at 91,000 miles. Yeah. And I put on 3,000 of those miles just in one week. <laughs> Lucky us. Yes. Um, hey, so in the news, in the Twitter sphere verse, have you heard about the whole Carson King and the Iowa-Iowa State football game and, and that whole kerfuffle, Kayleen? I didn't hear about some of the other stuff, but I did see his picture. Somebody had shared it. Some Iowa friend shared it on Facebook and was talking about what started it. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that have been living under a rock, um, Carson King is a college kid who had a sign that he was holding on ESPN's college game day. They were at the Iowa versus Iowa State football game last weekend. Sign was cute. Said, need beer money, Venmo me. Had his his, um, Venmo information there. Okay, great. It was hilarious. And people actually started Venmoing him money (laughs) for beer. Now, enough so that he comes out on like Sunday and says, hey, um, thanks so much for all of that. And I'm going to start donating it to the children's hospital. Not a problem. Well, Bush Beer sees this and says, hey, we're going to match your donations. And so there's supposed to be, he raised over like a million dollars to go to the children's hospital there. Yeah, 600,000 was the number I saw and when I quit paying oh, any attention to it. So it's it it's way past a million. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, this is a really great feel-good story. Now, 
let's talk about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, you and I are reporters, and we come from, from different backgrounds in reporting, but at one point in our background, we both worked for regular newspapers, your local community newspapers. You in Woodward, me at Harrington. <laughs> Mine was a daily. <laughs> Mine was weekly. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, the Des Moines Register sends out a reporter to do a feature story on the kid that's doing really good with money. You know, he's, it's, a, it's supposed to be a feel-good kind of heart-rendering story, and it's going to be one of those really great features that everybody smiles when they reads it, okay? Now... Part of your due diligence as a reporter is to research the background of the person that you are interviewing. I don't know how many times I have, we don't have to worry about it so much in ag communications, it seems, um, because everybody knows everybody, right, Kayleen? Yeah, usually. But if you're, if you're in a, a situation like that, you want to make sure that this is not somebody that presents a really good face and then is hiding something like this, that, and the other. There are things that you do your due diligence on just so they don't bite you in the butt later on. Now, we say this because the Des Moines Register reporter does a deep dive on Carson's Twitter. And when Carson was 16 years old and in high school, Carson did what a lot of 16-year-old boys do. He was less than judicious with his tweets. Um, he had... He had posted some very racist tweets that he had shared from Tosh.0, which if anybody's ever watched Tosh.0 on the Comedy Central. All of it's offensive. <laughs> all of it's offensive. That's the point. Okay, so there's your background. This is where the, the social media mob kind of kicks in, Kayleen, because the Des Moines Register had to, um, the, the reporter from the Des Moines Register, goes to Carson in the, in the course of the interview and says, hey, buddy, I found these tweets. Can we talk about them? Because you want to know, is this who you really are? Is, or is this something that you're like, oh, crap, I was 16 years old and I didn't know any better and now I know better and I've changed and I'm a better human being. Haven't we all done that, Kayleen? I'm, a, I'm not the same 16-year-old Jenny Latsky, right? They didn't have social media when I was 16. <laughs> they didn't have it when we were in college, thank God. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Well, so here's the deal. The reporter asked Carson to clarify. Carson, he's like, he, he's embarrassed. He's apologetic. Um, reporter says, okay, that's great. I understand that. I still have to go to my editor, and we still have to talk about this because I, I, I have to do my job. Now, the editorial staff is in the middle of a back-and-forth discussion over this. And we find this out because the Des Moines Register posted its side of the story on their Twitter um, after this all blows up. In, and they're talking about the editorial is going back and forth about whether it should be included in the story. This was a really deep background search, but, um, you know, where do we put it in the story? If we include it in the story, Carson's apologized, blah, blah, blah. In the middle of all of that, they haven't even printed anything yet. There's been nothing that's appeared in print or online. Carson himself decides that he's going to get out in front of this and he's going to say, hey, look, they found this on my Twitter account and I apologize, blah, blah, blah. And then the social media warriors blow up. All of a sudden, there's calls for Bush to start yanking uh, money from Carson on one side 
there's calls from another side that are starting to uh, that that want the Des Moines reporter's head on a platter. Literally, Kayleen, there were death threats to a reporter for doing his job. And this is all before the story even runs about Carson. But the Twitter mob just went wild. Um, so we talked about this the other day in the office. This is cancel culture. I don't know. I, I, it is, it's just so easy to be a keyboard warrior. You see it, right, Kayleen? Mm-hmm. People just sit behind there and, oh, well, they can do it much better than somebody else doing it. and They're losing the entire intent of what Carson was doing because they're irritated about what he said as a 16-year-old. Eight years have passed or however yeah. long it's been. The tweets were of a juvenile. Yeah. Take it at that. Get over yourselves. I, I I'm totally support the the whole let's let's look at this as it was a 16-year-old and 16-year-old boys are not known for their good judgment. No. I mean, let's just face it. Let's profile where we're going to profile. <laughs> 16-year-old boys are not good judgers. No. At all. I don't care where they come from. I don't care if they're salt of the earth, good old ranch boys, because those can do some really yes, bad things. They can. <laughs> I don't care if they're city kids. I don't care what they are. 16-year-old boys do stupid things. Yes. To hold that against them as a 21-year-old or so, that's even stupider. Well, and he could have been, he could have done the wrong thing anyway. He could have gathered all that money up and couldn't, have, didn't give it to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. He could have kept it all himself. So he's trying to do a good thing. On the other side, though, the we have the, the social warriors, and they don't want to call themselves social warriors, but the ones that are all like, this is horrible. Why are you vilifying this kid? Why are you bringing it up? Blah, 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 blah. They're the human, the horrible human beings. Those, <laughs> those people that are calling for the death of, of a Des Moines Register reporter for doing their job, what would have happened if Carson had come out and he was some somebody really bad? Yeah. What if it came out that he had a whole bunch of DUIs? What if it came out that he was a serial something or other? There's all sorts of things that you can find on people. Yeah. And you do that due diligence so it doesn't bite you in the butt later on. Because <laughs> all it takes is one of those keyboard warriors to go back in the same publicly available tweets. People, I don't know if you understand this or not, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it down for you. Twitter is visible to everyone. And it's the devil. <laughs> it is. So. I don't like Twitter. I'm just putting that out there. I hate it. <laughs> It's a necessary evil for what we do. <laughs> um, Facebook. Honestly, you can have your, your privacy settings set down as hard as you can, but there is always a chink in the armor. Always, always, always. So in case nobody's ever told you today, let me be the first one to tell you. If you've posted anything remotely awful, somebody's going to find it. No matter, no matter if you're a deacon in the church, somebody's going to find it. It, what, what frustrates me, Kayleen, is that the quickness of how it can turn on a dime. Mm -hmm. So case in point, what if, what if instead of a kid that was donating money from a funny sign, what if you're at the Dodge City Days Rodeo like we were and we saw a bucking horse go down in a corner of the arena, go down literally on its side, could not get up. 
in front of about a thousand fans with their cell phones and with their Twitter accounts that have tens of thousands, if not millions of eyeballs on them. What could have happened there? All of a sudden, if, if all it took would be one keyboard warrior that wants to cancel the Dodge City Days rodeo and make a fuss over it, and there's no more rodeo. It's private property, and, you know, the, the, I don't know. I have too many opinions and probably not no, that's okay. enough of the right words to say all of them. Um, I mean, rodeo is an inherently dangerous sport for spectators, for mm-hmm. contestants, for the animals. Anything can go wrong at any time. Yep. And it is unfortunate when people get stuff like that that happens. Heck, one of the my childhood memories is a bucking horse, or maybe it was even a bull, that fell, got the air knocked out of it, and they hauled it out of the arena. And mm-hmm. I was probably a 10-year-old kid, and I remember that. But that's just the way, and there's no excuse. I understand it's no excuse, but that's the way livestock and horses and everything is but that's what you understand i understand people don't understand if you're a twitter keyboard warrior all you see is a photo of a horse going down yeah and all of a sudden your brain starts spinning and you do the you do the regular thing that we all do whether it's a police report about some guy that got arrested and they're they are doing their due diligence of saying this is the police blotter on facebook and all of those comments underneath hang him kill him (laughs) Strip him of his dignity, you know, prayers, that's awful. String him up. All of those comments are basically judging a person before there is even a trial by jury. It's trial by Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, think about this. What if it had been a farmer, your your next door neighbor down the road, has a, a small little cattle feedlot, has a lagoon to go with it, there's a lagoon failure. Something or other happens, and all of a sudden, he's got a mess to clean up. Now, you and I on the ground and his neighbors on the ground understand that. Some little keyboard warrior somewhere sees that and all of a sudden spins it up, and all of a sudden, we now have problems out in agriculture. Yeah. It can go both ways. You can fight for Carson. You can fight against the Des Moines Register. You can fight for the the rodeo. You can fight against the rodeo. But it all spins on a dime, on a on a flip of a coin. And people don't understand what they're fighting for today can be turned against them tomorrow. The same tactics can be used against us. Yeah. I just get irritated by people that live and die, what happens on the internet. And go outside, go enjoy the sunset, go do something fun. Don't right? just stick your head in your damn phone or your computer or whatever. Get out there and live and... You know, I spend just as much time on my phone, but put it down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, what kills me is the people, and you, you've taken pictures at weddings before, and I've seen posts from wedding photographers about that whole getting stuck in the phone kind of thing. There's people that will stand in front of a photographer yes. to get a picture on their iPad of the couple kissing. Yes. Put And there's now weddings that are putting out there put down your phones no phone no cell phones allowed please we want you to be present yep. in the moment and there are still people that don't abide by those wishes yep. it's it, it's the same aunt that used to have her polaroid camera taking pictures of everybody at the altar while the professional photographer's trying to get a photo yeah it's just today's thing yeah and what are you going to do with, with your iphone or your ipad 
photo, what are you going to do with it? Blow it up and send it to them? Yeah. Because, yeah. It's, so that's, that's one of those examples of if you're not living in the moment, what are you living for? Yeah. I mean, I spend a lot of time on my phone. I take a lot of pictures and sometimes you just have to be present. Mm -hmm. Like when the horse fell at the rodeo, I didn't have my phone out. I didn't take a picture of it. Neither did I. Because there's no need to. No. I mean, that horse was down for maybe a minute and then got back up and was okay. Yep. So, I mean, you don't, don't always know the whole story and one millisecond captured with an image doesn't tell the whole story. You know, I'm often reminded about when we go to and talk to groups about, um, especially students, about what it is to, to take care of their brand or how they should be communicators and that sort of thing. You and I had very basic experiences as far as gatekeeper culture. We were trained that there is a hierarchy in a new system, in any new system. I don't care if it's print. I don't care if it's TV or radio. There is a hierarchy. And there are people, there are gates that you go through before it ever sees the light of day. Those gatekeepers are your editors, your producers, your copy editors, your your page designers. Those people make sure that names are spelled correctly, that your facts are right, that your dates are right, that you've done the due diligence to research what you're going to post up there. Mm-hmm. When Mark Zuckerberg and, and what's his face with Twitter, when they gave us Facebook and Twitter, the gatekeepers, everybody all of a sudden became their own gatekeepers. Because if it's on the internet, it's true. Well, <laughs> all of a sudden, those keyboard warriors became their own their reporter experts. and their own editor and their own copy editor. Bad copy <laughs> editors, by the way. That's why there's things like Grammarly now. Yeah. But all of those, all of those, all of those stop gaps in in falsifying things, those were taken away. Yeah. And instead, in its place, became an instantaneous, shareable, bad idea. You know, you can have a bad idea as long as it's not shared, you're fine. (laughs) But once that bad idea gets shared millions of times over, that's when it becomes a hurricane of really, really bad ideas. (laughs) So, I don't know where I'm going with this one, Kayleen, except other than, honestly, it has become now that you are... You are guilty until proven innocent on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, yeah. You will, and even if you're proven innocent, you will always be guilty. Of course. Always. Because nobody pays attention to the time date stamps on things. Because yeah. they'll dig it up and see what what you did when you were 16. Well, there's that. <laughs> but there's also the morons that share stuff from 2017 as if it happened today. Yeah, I saw a few of those this summer. If you're that Please stop. <laughs> yes, please you know, do. I'm to the point where if I didn't have to use social media for work and my part-time side gig, I'd probably hang it up. I'd probably be off of it because I'm... I think I'm almost with you. I'll, almost I've, reached my limit. I've got a lot of photos on my Facebook page, so I'll never delete it because there, there's photos there that I, I really, you know, I should probably download them and do something with them, but it was yeah. just easier to make a, a shareable thing there. But we have gotten so far off the grid in just the last 10 years that Facebook... No, Facebook's been around, what, almost 11 years, maybe 12 years Something in some like form that, or another. Yeah. In a decade, we have gone from, 
you know, cutesy little pin boards <laughs> to something fun, vast conspiracies. We have gone from a kitty ball pit, you know, and playing around in this thing at Chuck E. Cheese to a cesspool. To a cesspool. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, and what kills me the most is there's all sorts of bloggers and vloggers and all sorts of things, how even podcasters like us that will use topics like this to spin them up into their own needs. Yeah. We were probably throwing a stone there <laughs> because look at what we just did. We just spent a little under 20 minutes talking about this whole topic. But <laughs> but we're going to put it on Facebook and social media and promote our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's the devil. <laughs> I think... As long as the conversation is started, that's great. But add to the conversation or shut up. <laughs> yeah, what she said. By the way, aren't we just so devoid of heroes that we're so quick to hero worship and so quick to burn them down? Who was your hero when you were a kid? I don't know. Probably some cowboy thing. I don't know. Really? <laughs> Duke's a hazard. <laughs> I think uh, my hero was Reba McIntyre. Straight off. I wanted to be just like her. I wanted to sing like her. I wanted to look like her. My mom would not let me dye my hair red. I was 30 some odd years old before I get to dye my hair red. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Is that why your hair is red now? Heck yeah. Um, but here's the thing. That hero worship evolved over time mm -hmm. you know i don't even know who a hero to be today they're gonna tear them down and however long it takes to dig them up whatever they can find on the internet that's buried with them are we that just broken as a society probably to some extent it's very sad folks <laughs> okay so let's switch topics because yeah, 21 minutes on that is enough. <laughs> I'm going to have to go home and get on the treadmill and walk out that anxious anxiety like I did last night. An hour on the treadmill is better than anything I've ever done. It's better than a glass of wine. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I slept like a log. Um, so switching topics. I cleaned my living room this weekend, Kayleen. Oh, yeah? I know. I'm. You so want to come clean mine? <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, I love you like a sister from another mister, but no. <laughs> Just come fold the laundry. That's all I want somebody to do. <laughs> it's not my laundry. It's the boys' laundry. Well, so I have this habit of dropping any change um, into jars on my, entry, uh, on, on my entry table. And you've seen that entry table, and you've seen how cluttered and mounded with crud <laughs> it was. I deep cleaned that thing. You can see there's a table there now. And I took all of that change and I gathered it up and rolled it up and took it into the bank. So let's do a contest. If you are on our Facebook page or on our Twitter page um, and you're following us on Twitter or Facebook, drop us a line. Drop us a line and guess how much I deposited just in change to my bank today. And the, the person who's closest is going to get a surprise package from us in the mail. Tell your friends. It'll be fun. The winner can come fold the boys' laundry. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a prize. Darn it. 
<laughs> no, but um, for real, uh, share or, you know, hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook and let us know what you think the guess was. What's your guess, Kaylee? I said like 50 bucks or something when she was talking about it earlier, didn't I? I think so. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we'll see. You're ineligible. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a comment or a thought, we'd like to hear it. You can drop us a line at hpjtalk at hpj.com and let us know. Or you can call us at the office, 1-800-452-7171. Or you can always comment on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. And if you like what you hear, you can do us a favor and head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Alrighty, folks. Well, in this week's episode, we're going to bring you the stories you might have missed in the September 23rd print edition. And Kayleen's going to bring us the latest on grain markets, and we'll have some final thoughts. We love that you spend time with us each week. And we want to just thank you for riding with us on HPJ Talk. This week's cover story is from Kayleen, Influencers Eye, the Future of the Seed Stock Industry. Kayleen, this was one of our popular panels at Cattle U this year, and it included Glenn Klippenstein, Lee Leachman, Rick Fortmiller, uh, Kelly Retallick from Angus Genetics, and Tom Stram from American Gelbvie. So, Kayleen, what were some takeaways that intrigued you from that whole uh, panel there at Cattle U? It seemed like to me that the seed stock producer has a tough job. They're trying to produce females or bulls, whatever their situation is, that are going to fit a wide variety. I mean, it takes how many years before you get a replacement heifer or get a bull out there. And you have to have some foresight, have some thought into what you want to put out there. You have to have a plan. You just can't go willy-nilly and say, oh, I like this bull. I'm going to use him. Well, when... Three years down the road, nobody's going to want to use him anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they have to be really thoughtful in their breedings and what kind of animals they're putting out there. It's always like you're looking two car lengths ahead. It's my it's one of my favorite phrases, but it, it actually holds true, very true here. You can't just be looking at the calf that you're going to get on the ground today, but the calf you're going to get on the ground from that replacement heifer two years from now. Yeah, I agree. It was, there was a lot of good talk and a lot of good conversation during that panel, I thought. Yeah. And we hope that we will see you all at next year's Cattle U, right, Kaylee? Yeah. Inside, managing editor Dave Bergmauer writes about WOTUS finally being withdrawn by the Trump administration. The rule, which was a campaign platform for President Trump, was ruled by EPA that it did not implement the legal limits on the scope of the agency's authority under the Clean Water Act and more. On page 6, uh, our opinions and editorials page, managing editor Dave Bergmeier also writes about National Farm Safety Week. Seymour Clearly writes in Washington Whispers about the House appropriations process and the need to choose farmers over politics. And Bill Hamrick, CEO of Colorado Livestock Association, writes to the editor that the Colorado governor has picked a food fight with farmers and ranchers all over the, the governor's pitch to the Colorado Department of Agriculture to research plant-based proteins along with delivering, get this, Kayleen, 250 impossible whoppers to the department staff. 
this all despite the fact that beef accounts for more than $1 billion in exports ahead of electronics, medical equipment, and aerospace in the state. On page 7, good news for nature lovers in Kansas, the Nature Conservancy of Kansas has announced that October 12th, Little Jerusalem Badlands State Park will open to the public. Finally, web editor Shauna Rumbaugh brings us the update to her cover story from this past year. To learn more, visit www.hpj.com and read up on the new state park and how you can visit. And over on page 11, you have a story about the pollinator gar gardens at the Kansas State Fair, Jenny. That's right. We also have full-color photos of the winners from the 20th anniversary Kansas State Fair Grand Drive on pages 38 to 40. So folks, if you have a response to something you've read or heard here, there's a local topic that you want to bring to the attention of our readers and listeners, please write to us at journal at hpj.com or hpjtalk at hpj.com. Or you can always call us at 1-800-452-7171. We want to hear from you. Your grain market prices from Dodd City's Pride Ag Resources on September 17th. Corn was up at $3.58, wheat was down at $3.47, milo was up at $3.03, and soybeans were up at $7.69. If you'd like to have crop or livestock targeted news emailed directly to you, sign up for our HPJ Direct email newsletters at our website, hpj.com slash signup. Simply select the topics that interest you, and you'll receive updates on them directly to your email. <laughs> Next week's print issue of High Plains Journal is our soybean issue with a story from our colleague at Waterways Journal, David Murray. Be sure to watch for that in your mailboxes September 30th and look for additional content online anytime at www.hpj.com. Remember, you can subscribe for free to this podcast at hpj.com podcasts. You can also find us on places like iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you download podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at HPJ Talk for news and commentary throughout the week. We're also on Instagram. And you can always drop us a line at our email, hpjtalk at hpj.com. Thanks again for riding along with us, folks, as we bring ag news and commentary to you. And remember... As Dodge City's favorite lawman, Wyatt Earp, once said, fast is fine, but accuracy is everything. We'll see you on the trail. This has been a production of High Plains Journal, all rights reserved. Dirt road in a gooseneck, saddle up with me. Dry land in God's country, crops far as I can see. The headlights on both ends of my day. Ride with us, hey.